here, Jay. Uh, this Sunday, basically, you know, Thursday night, uh, the start of the NFL football season. Uh, Jason Miller is here. I am Chris C. Francesco. This is Face Off with Chris. Uh, Jay, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, feels great to be here. I'm mm-hmm. very excited. I cannot believe that uh, college football also starting well started, and uh, the NFL. I feel like feel like we got grounded. And our parents allowed us to go to that birthday party that we've had circled for many, many months. And it just feels nice to be able to it just have something. And it's going to be, you know, driving force where you're just not talking about the weather. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is what I only talk to Jay about now is the weather and, you know, how's life. We're not allowed to talk about sports. <laughs> to talk about <laughs> sports. Um, except for this show. And uh, tonight I'm going to muddy the waters a lot. And actually most of the topics that we will talk about tonight, Jay and I, I, I think we pretty much agree if we don't we'll find out yeah. in just a little bit um also a little bit later you guys will hear my conversation that i just had um with bob gross of the delco times he covers philadelphia eagles he's been on um you know many versions of podcasts that i've had over the last decade um bob's in the know he's at every single day of, of training camp for the with the eagles um so it, it's it's gonna be fun hearing from him uh we'll talk about doug peterson and, and the story that came out uh, Wednesday morning from Jeff McLean. We'll talk about Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz. Uh, we cover a lot of topics heading into uh, week one of the NFL season where the Eagles will play the Washington football team. Isn't it crazy in 2020 there's an NFL team with no name? <laughs> Isn't it crazy that in 2020 there's a team playing in Vegas? Even That's though gambling was not supposed to be legalized anywhere else. That's so funny. I just never even thought about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of things here. We're going to cover the Eagles uh, matchup against the Redskins. We're also going to break down what we expect, our expectations of this Philadelphia Eagles team. If you if you listen to pundits around the country, it's anywhere between 7 and 10 wins, which really is either you miss the playoffs and a lot of things happen or you win the division and you might get a home game in the playoffs. Well, uh, I totally forgot about this until today, either yesterday or today. Um, there's that third wild card. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay, so, so eight the, wins might get you. Seven could. Could, depending on. <laughs> depending on. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, I think, this year, obviously. I mean, obviously, you can say it about life. It's you really can't predict anything. Exactly. So but you know, we're going to do our best for sure. And in, in July, you know, I had guys like Kevin Cooney on this show who said, you know, there's no way, you know, the NFL is going to start on time, and voila, here we are. And um, you know, it's really no point to say, hey, look, the, you know, who knows if they're going to play 12 games? You know, we have to do a show where we have to kind of go about this the way the players are. Is look, there's going to be a 16 game season. Everything's going to be normal. Um, is it scary? Because it, in it, if you look at it this way, Jay, baseball is a non-contact sport, and they but they're traveling, and they've already had a lot of outbreaks, a lot of games postponed. Basketball has been phenomenal. Hockey has been flawless. Both NBA. Now you're in the ultimate contact sport, and it's full on travel. You know, week four, the Eagles are in San Francisco. They're in California. Um, so and then you got to go to Texas, obviously, for a game. Um, quickly, I guess, in your opinion, are you worried at all? Like, what happens if that first outbreak happens? I mean, I think every, I think you have to be worried about it, no matter what. Um, but at the end of the day, except for the first what 
two, three weeks of baseball when we thought it was going to be canceled, which mm-hmm. we kind of, we both thought it was For sure. going to, and we were wrong about that. But mm-hmm. I mean, since that time, it really hasn't, I mean, you really haven't seen the outbreaks. You may see the postponement because a clubhouse attendant has tested positive, mm-hmm. but besides that, the players, for the most part, really haven't, um, haven't tested positive. So I think it's a, I think it's a positive thing moving forward, uh, I mean, it'll be different because you've got 53 guys is the biggest sport in terms of people per, you know, players. So I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited, though. Absolutely. Um, And at the end of this show, or maybe whenever I ask him if if Jay gets to it, it's his show, too, where he will give his his top three, I guess, bets of the week. I don't know the gambling lingo, ladies and gents. So when I say bets, it could be a prop bet. It could be a spread. Whatever he thinks is best for you guys to make money. I didn't know that I could do prop bets. Otherwise, I'm uh, (laughs) but I I'm just gonna give uh, favorite my favorite over under, and then an underdog that I think is gonna win outright, outright, outright. Okay, very nice. Um, it'll it'll grow during the season. We'll get a nice little card. Absolutely, for sure. Um, and real quick before we get, uh, I have a college football question. Do we know anything about like the, the Big, Big Ten, Ten or anybody like that? Because we heard rumors last week or two weeks ago that October would be a start date. Have we heard? Is there anything new that maybe I missed? Uh, I think they're leaning towards October tenth. Um, I know ACC. Oh, there's a game. I don't know if it was the ACC or the SEC that the or maybe it was the Big Twelve. I think it was the Big Twelve. It might be Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. They are delaying their first game a week just due to the either them or their opponents did not have a significant uh, practice time because of player outbreaks and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. but the funny thing is that they don't have to like Oklahoma came out and they said that they're not going to. Say who has it. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Uh, well, I, mean, they, I guess they really can't, right? I mean, that's up to that person. Yeah, I, I believe so because of, of HIPAA and all that stuff. But that's a good point, man. That's 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 good. and I think it's gonna and that's gonna be a tough thing for betting because it is. You're gonna have to know for gambling advice, like who's actually playing in these games. If outbreaks happen, if no outbreaks happen, we're good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna get things started here. I took a two week break. Um, look, I'm about to go on a on a rampage here of 16 straight weeks. Hopefully, even more of that uh, of a show here each week. So I figured, you know, baseball's every day. Not a whole lot changes. Of course, the time I take a, a week or two off, the Phillies win nine of ten after Bryce Harper makes demands. I come back, they start losing again. So um, I think I might know what I got to do in terms of the Phillies. Um, but no, we're, we're excited to get started here, and let's let's just get right into it. We're going to muddy some waters here uh, right off the bat here, Jay. And Ready. Uh, I'm not sure you heard about the, the story this morning from Jeff McClain regarding the, the possible tension with you know Doug Peterson and the, the, the front office. Um, not sure if you if you heard about that it was all over the radio today, um, but I, I know you don't really listen to the radio. But there was a big article that Jeff McClain of, of the Enquirer wrote that um, there's some underlying tension that's been stemmed back from last year when Doug was at the postseason press conference and was asked about his two assistant coaches, and he absolutely said they're definitely coming back, and then the next day they're both fired. Um, so apparently there's a lot of underlying heat between Howie Roseman and, you know, um, you know, Matt, uh, the, 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 whoever runs football operations now, since, uh, Barry went to Cleveland. Um, now 
do you believe that there is that tension between Doug and and the upper management? Because look, we we've seen it before where the upper management of the Eagles has kind of I don't want to say thrown Doug under the bus, but they've kind of made him feel like he's insignificant or made him seem like he's not as significant as as a head coach usually is in the NFL. Uh, I think, I mean, I didn't really hear about the story until you said it. I mean, it's got to be somewhat of a disheartening thing when you come out and you say they're going to be back next year and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you're fired the next mm-hmm. day. Uh, tension, I mean, I guess you can say that there's going to always be tension, but I think they're all business at the end of the day. Right. Where I think it's not going to, I don't think it's going to stem over. You know, they may not say hi to each other walking down the hallway, but if there's mm-hmm. an actual meeting that needs to happen business-wise, I think they will be in the meeting. Yeah, and and I always looked at it this way, and you can correct me if if you think I'm wrong or you have a different opinion. Where I think the Eagles and you know Howie Roseman and football operations has always looked at as Doug as just the football coach. I don't think they value his opinion as a a talent. As a talent um, scout and for a draft, I don't think he gets any input in a draft. Um, you know, do you see that as a as a, as a problem? You know, there's been rumors that you know uh, um, uh, Jim Schwartz was brought here to eventually be the head coach. You know, it's been a little bit rocky ride since the Super Bowl win. What I mean, you know, Carson Wentz is tied to to Doug Peterson and you know the also part of that article is like now like it's almost like there's a there's factions being formed like this is pro wrestling there's factions now within the Philadelphia Eagles and we've seen this before 2004 with TO Donovan Dawkins Trotter management do you th- and I don't know where to go with this in terms of let's just say the Eagles go 7 and 9 right right Wentz maybe doesn't have the best year, or maybe he even, God forbid, gets hurt, um, and things just fall by the wayside. Do you see any scenario where Doug Peterson might be on the chopping block? Um, I don't, because playoffs last year, playoffs, what, the last three years, and then obviously they got hurt. Uh, they lost against Seattle last mm-hmm. year. If they miss the playoffs, I don't think. I think Eagles fans and the radio, I think, will definitely have an input saying that, okay, we need things to go. We need change. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at – I mean, I know that they won a lot, but look at the Patriots. Now it comes out that Belichick's happy that Brady left. There's other people in the locker room that are happy that Brady's gone. Brady and Brady and Belichick always had that drama. They said mm-hmm. Belichick, maybe Robert Kraft, anything like that. I think there's always, I think once you get certain years under your belt, there's always going to be some type of tension. Yeah, where everybody everybody gets hired to eventually get fired in the NFL. Yeah. So I think it's just one of those types of things. You know, maybe it does run its course. You never mm-hmm. want to be. You know, you'd rather. You know, would you rather be a year earlier, a year late? Right, and it's, and it's, it's weird because you kind of look at it, it, like you said, everyone's hired to be fired, and you know, for those who, who you know, a lot of our audience also, I know, listens to another podcast that I do, so it's kind of like in, in wrestling where they say, oh, that guy was a transitional champion, 
everybody is a transitional champion because eventually it's going to go to somebody else. Correct. Just like in pro sports, you're like you said, you're hired to eventually be fired. That's just the way it is. Um, I, to me personally, I, I don't think this will be a chopping block year for the Eagles. I, I think. You also got to look at it, man. There's always there's always so much out of his control. Let's just and and to kind of pit, take take away parts of that article from Jeff McLean is he's not if he's not looked upon as a guy that can help them scout talent for drafts, then you can't blame him when they don't have offensive line depth or wide receiver depth. So then at the end of the season, if you go eight and eight because of the of the the team just falters in front of him. How can that completely be on Doug Peterson's fault when his general manager is a guy who drafted an undersized wide receiver at 18 and then drafted a quarterback in the second round pick? Like that's that's the part where I can't blame Doug if he's only paid to coach, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Right. So it's almost like Brett Brown, right? You know, he gone. I mean, he's yeah, he's gone, but you know, for a long time people were saying you can't blame Brett because the general manager is the one who's putting this team together and he can only do so much. Where it came out that before Brand, Brett Brown had a lot of say in who came into his lineup, correct? Am I wrong? Yeah. You know way more about the Sixers than well, I do. Well, I'm just saying I'm well, not to piggyback off that, but it was kinda the Brett Brown kind of thing, it's kinda like the Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was in Golden State, they went fifty one and thirty one. And Curry and Thompson were starting to develop, and they got rid of them because they couldn't think they could reach their potential. Yeah. And Bede and Simmons, they're a 50 win team. Mm-hmm. They just can't hit their potential with Brett Brown, so they're going to try to figure out who. Yeah. Switching um, back to the birds now. Switching <laughs> back. All right. So, uh, you know, I think this is a, a huge year for the Wentz and Peterson regime. Um, I think, and it's been great to hear all the great stories that have been coming out against the, uh, the bucking ginger Bronco. And uh, uh, Mr. Carson Wentz, uh, he's, this is the first year where they said he's actually commanded the entire locker room and it's it's his team for the first time. Um, I think that, that goes with you know Malcolm Jenkins not no longer being in the locker room. Um, so let's just start right there, Jay, is what's your stance on, on Carson? Where, what are your expectations for this season out of him? Uh, every pass completed. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think... I, I want to say it's going to be similar to last year. I think he's going to have a little bit more talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect them to – I expect, you know, 4,000 yards. I expect a receiver to be over 500 receiving yards. This year. <laughs> I, um, but, no, I, I think, you know, Wentz I, – I want to say that he plays all 16 games. I think he has a very similar season. I think he can get to the 2017 MVP form. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's different about that that team than this team? Yeah. I think um, I think just the speed aspect of it's going to help him a lot. Mm-hmm. Where there is that down threat possibility, where the safeties can't play eight yards off, they have to play eleven or twelve yards off. Mm-hmm. Where Goddard and Ertz are now catching the ball. Now all of a sudden, first and ten. Maybe last year, Ertz catches a four yard pass. That four yard pass now becomes a seven yard pass unless he starts breaking tackles. But there's a big difference between <laughs> second and six and second and three. Yeah, for now sure. Now the whole playbook's open. Now mm-hmm. on second and six, if you're incomplete, all right, now it's definitely a passing situation where we've seen Doug Peterson in the past on the third and three just turn around and hand the ball off and go, okay, mm-hmm. because of how often he goes forward on fourth down. I think yeah. that I think the speed aspect of it helps Wentz 
in terms of everything because speed kills in the NFL. Yeah, and absolutely. Are you worried at all about and until a guy like Alshon comes back, which you know he thinks he could be back in September? Um, I mean, regardless, it looks like October is going to be a return month for Alshon. Are you worried at all about the lack of size on the outside? I mean, you have Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, and Deshaun Jackson, but also you know Hightower is about what six one, yeah, six two. So. Uh, I'm not really sure. And Arthega Whiteside's not big. They said, well, they said that he's been um, showing a lot of promise this year. And Absolutely, he's going to take a big step forward. Mm-hmm. But and when he played at Stanford, that was his role. His mm-hmm. role was we're going to throw the ball up. We're going to you're going to go get it. Okay, good. And also, I mean, I think Goddard and Ertz are athletic enough where, mm-hmm. okay, they're going to put a safety on Ertz. Okay, he's got the size. They're going to put a corner on him. Okay, and he's got the build. Where I think. They can use mismatches. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that everybody wants the height, but not everybody's going to be the six foot four runs the four four. Right. I don't even know if there's a receiver in the NFL that can do that. You're not going to have DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins out there, right. which they could have, but not. Oh, so okay. So when you, when you look at, but here's the other problem: is the point of getting to that speed. And what I mean is, you know, for the last four or five, six years, the Eagles have had arguably the top five best offensive line in football. We're at a point now where three of the five guys in that line on Sunday are going to be guys that you would never want to see have time on the field. And now they are going up against, and I hate saying this because I, I just can't stand Washington, one of the best defensive lines in the world right now, right? I mean— You mean with the defensive rookie of the year? Yes, Chase Young is a mutant uh, up gonna there. Win. He's I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Only, only person I can challenge him, I think, is Isaiah Simmons. Right. But uh, So how, if you're Wentz, man, you know, last year, the second half of the season, we finally saw what happens when Doug lets him roll out of the pocket. It's going to have to be every yeah. play. Oh, absolutely. Unless it's two-step drops, throw the ball. No. Uh, so that's what I mean. You're going to have to move him out. I mean, you're going to have to you're going to have to get a little bit of time, not too much time, but mm-hmm. – just get him moving. Yeah. Because that speed will be there down the field. Carson's got the arm to be able to throw on the run to hit that pass. For sure. We saw that, that Miles Sanders play last year Absolutely. in Washington. Absolutely. Um, I just keep, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited about this offense just because, and I know, I don't think Jalen Rager is playing this week. Yeah, he, pra- I saw, he practiced I saw, a lot today. I know, I saw that. And everyone's um, like, he's going to play. I was like, nah, I think he's going to miss think, a game. I think Lane's playing this weekend. I would agree with you, you. I could under... He did... I think he did individual team... Like, individual sessions and do team sessions. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to do team sessions either just because there's a, an ability of somebody rolling up on him or something mm-hmm. like that to that extent where, hey, you just do your drills. He's the best tackle in... One of the best tackles. I mean, he's on his way to a Hall of Fame career. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. Listen, if Lane, I'm pretty sure there, Lane Johnson can skip a couple days of practice and line up on Sunday, yeah. and you wouldn't be like, oh, man, Lane Johnson really needs to practice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I look at the same thing with Miles Sanders. People are freaking out. Like, listen, uh, it's amazing the short-term memory. Brian Westbrook never practiced. Limit. Because it's the the value that Brian Westbrook or Miles Sanders has in this offense now. Crazy for a second-year player. But he's so vital to that team. I only want him going out to NovaCare and doing stretches and then watching from the sidelines. He's fine. Yes. Yeah, and that's 
that's how I feel. And Miles Sanders and, you know, going to him now is he's going to be a massive piece to if this team's going to be successful or not. I like Boston Scott a lot. I'm really happy. I've heard great things about Corey Clements had a really good camp. Um, so, you know, you have a, a I don't want to say three-headed monster because they're not big guys, but in terms of versatility, all three of them guys can run and catch out of the backfield. So, Absolutely. Um, to have those weapons, if that offensive line can just get healthy, if we can actually have Barrett Brooks back in seven, eight weeks and healthy, my God, like if the if the Eagles can get themselves like above five hundred at that point and get healthy, that's a dangerous team right there. Um, so you're overall, we're not going to get into wins and losses right now, but do you look at this as a as a would you consider this an above average offense right now? I'm trying to think, and I was sat there today. I was like, man, how like offensively where would I see us? I mean, I would put us top ten. I agree. I'm thinking. I'm putting my. I'm giving myself that seventh. Okay, maybe, that's that seven to ten range. Definitely in the top ten, though. I think. I think they're the second best offense in the <laughs> NFC East, though. <laughs> I, I, that's so great. I hate Dallas so much. I mean, I think they're the you know, but I mean, you can't ignore that talent no not trying to bring down you know we're not talking about dallas but that that's probably minus i'm just skilled position wise they're much better oh my gosh yeah i mean they have three wide receivers who can make the pro bowl um the good thing is no matter with all of that talent they're still go eight and eight so that's have, a positive they don't have defense at, right um all right so let's go to the defensive side of the ball because you know we we talked a little bit about offense um love it now in the last week, you had the, you had to get to that final fifty three, and they cut Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas. Um, I expected Sidney Jones because I got the feeling last year that Jim Schwartz just was not a fan of Sidney because, and it's a bad thing to say, but I just don't think Schwartz liked the fact that Sidney wouldn't play hurt when they needed him. Can we go back to – I want to go back, and this is actually pretty funny because I was in a group chat, and I was delivering pizzas. and I wasn't in this group chat. I was listening to the draft, <laughs> and when the Eagles came up in the second round, they said, they're drafting a guy who should have gone in the first round, but things complicated, mm-hmm. and now he's not. There were two players, Sidney Jones, and then there was another player. I thought, and I put it right away, I said, if the Eagles draft this player, it's an absolute steal. Joe Mixon was the other player that fit that description. I thought Joe Mixon would have fit great at the time. Um, Sidney Jones, I mean, it's tough. I don't think he's ever recovered from the Achilles. I agree. Would have been a first. Would have been a first. I absolutely agree. I remember when they drafted him, they were like, what a steal! Yeah, he, when he gets healthy, he's gonna be a stud. Yeah, you give him one year and mm-hmm. he'll be back. You know, mm-hmm. you take you know. And I was like, I'm in. You know, the, I wanted them to draft him in the first round. Then obviously, on his pro day, he got the torn Achilles. And mm-hmm. I went, you're getting a first round, a first round graded player just coming back from. I mean, it is the toughest injury to come back from. But if he can get back to 95, percent you have something. And I just don't think he ever. I think. As soon as he got back, something else happened. Mm. Where it's just been lingering injury after lingering injury, which it's tough. 
I agree. And where, where were you in the Rasul Douglas camp? I liked Rasul. So Douglas. did I. I thought he was going to be. A, I thought they were going to have to move him to safety. That's what I thought. Yeah, but I, I think once Mills agreed to move the safety. I liked Mills coming out of college as a safety. <laughs> and then when they moved on the corner, I had no idea why. I said, I said this guy was a good safety mm-hmm. in college. Obviously, you know, he was a seventh-round pick, so yeah. there were obviously flaws. But I went, I thought he I thought he was a lot more natural as a safety than a corner. Mm-hmm. And I saw him play both in college. I thought he was more natural as a safety. Also, the additional uh, slay. Mm-hmm. I think he brings a swagger about himself. I agree. Where he, I kind and I, I kind of like this. Where he's been in Detroit, and they have just been mediocre after you know mediocre, mediocre, mm-hmm. mediocre. He's here, and he's like, I'm on a winner. I'm busting my ass to yeah. make sure that we're winning because mm-hmm. this is going to be brand new to me. I agree. Um, so, do you have any fears that Slay is going to be a Byron Max or a Namdi what type guy? I don't think so. Okay. Because the style that he played in Detroit, mm-hmm. when Namdi came here, he was a zone player. They asked him to play man. When Byron Maxwell was in Seattle, he had Richard Sherman on the other side, and he also had Cam Chancellor and Earl, Earl Thomas, Thomas back behind there. him. Mm-hmm. So errors really got didn't really show mm-hmm. when he got here. Obviously, they showed. I think Darius Slay. I think he's going to be able to back it up. I agree, and um, you know that secondary took a big improvement in the offseason, and it's crazy to say that it, it was so improved they were able to afford to lose Sidney Jones and Douglas. They had a great draft pick coming into the secondary this year out of Clemson. Seems like the Eagles have uh, very— on, Wallace? Yeah, it seems like the, the Eagles draft Clemson players really well. Dawkins, <laughs> Wallace. <He's>, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they also got um, Roby Coleman. Mm-hmm. And they said the only reason he said the only reason why he signed with the Eagles was because they knew him by name. Wow! Like when they entered, like when they met him, they called him by his name. I read some story where he said something happened, and he went, "I'm coming to Philly." Nice. Yeah. All right. And then you have, you know, obviously the move that that they needed to make with Mills. It was either cut ties with Jalen Mills, or, or he's going to move to safety. Um, he's at safety now, which is what you said is more natural position. I think I think he's going to do well this year. I I really hope so. I just don't want the finger wag. I know. <laughs> I want to like Jalen Mills so much because like Slay, Jalen has that swag about him. Yes, he really does. And I, I you know, he's pretty cool with this whole Green Goblin thing. Um, he seems to love being in Philadelphia. This is a very this is a make or break year for the guy. Um, I I think I think and you know what's funny, people will talk the shit about him, and a lot of Philly athletes, a lot of players, when they get shit talked about them, mm-hmm. they kind of get in the shadow. And mm-hmm. he's been himself. Yeah. And you know what? Listen, he might not be the All Pro, mm-hmm. the Pro Bowler, but guess what? If he is a good safety. His play will act, and he's going to be a ball hawk. I agree. You know, he kind of reminds me. He wasn't. He's not the hitter, obviously, but he reminds me of like a um a Michael Lewis who played next to a Brian Dawkins for a while. Um, but you know, it. it so what's going on? Oh wow, that's stunning. Actually, okay. Um, I'll talk about that in my other podcast. <laughs> um, so I look at um. Like uh, uh, Jalen Mills is like a Michael Lewis type guy where he's not going to be that all pro, but man, he he'll just be in the right position at all times. He can make big plays when need be. 
Um, so I'm very much looking forward uh, to, to Jalen Mills in the safety role. Um, now moving to the front, which is, again, we said the same thing about Washington. Um, the best, maybe the best defensive line of football, that's the Eagles. Um, you know, you, you go ahead. You have, no, you no, have, no. You have Fletch, you have Hargreaves. <laughs> I had to save the best for last. And you got you got BG, who they said came into camp, like literally the best shape he's been in in a long time. I hate you so much. I, I, I purposely didn't mention him first because I was waiting for you to say something. Oh, this is just, um, this is just being drawn up. You're good. And, you know, BG, who's from um, my Michigan Wolverines. and <laughs> Oh, God. Just stop the podcast I'm now. just joking. Um and uh, this defensive line, Jay, and you say the sack le- and you say the Eagles sack leader this year, Josh Sweat. I mean, he was blowing up Matt Pryor, he's which leading, caused them he's to leading. <laughs> he's leading the Eagles in sacks this year. Wow. So what's that going to be? Ten? Maybe you think he reaches ten? I say he gets ten and a half. That's why I predicted BG to get. Well, ten and a half. Well, then I guess I guess eleven for I guess Josh, Josh Sweat. I guess I guess Strahan better start practicing again because Josh Sweat's breaking the record. <laughs> um, and the good thing is, well, you know, you last year you also forgot one more player on the defensive line, Malik Jackson. Oh yeah, I mean another huge, um, uh, I guess addition because he didn't play much last year. He played eight games. Yeah, he played eight games. So, um, you know. And they brought back Vin Curry for like the fourth time. <laughs> so Vin Curry's back. So that's good depth there. Um, I think this year we'll finally see a 100% Fletcher Cox. I agree. Um, so what are your expectations of the defensive line? Because I feel like that's going to be, you know, the cog that makes this whole wheel go. But the thing is, though, I'm still worried. And even though I love Brandon Graham, I love Fletcher Cox. The problem is they just they did not get to the quarterback enough the last two years. Do you see that getting better this year? I do because the coverage is better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always the the best pass rush is great coverage. The best coverage is a great pass rush. Um, I think just by getting Malik Jackson, um, Hargraves, mm-hmm. Vinnie Curry, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, everything like that. I think, A, you're going to be able to keep the guys fresh, barring injuries, obviously. But, B, those are talent. Like, we're not having, I mean, I know that he was a Super Bowl player, but you're not having a Bo Allen right. coming in where you're not really worried about that, where you have two guys mm-hmm. playing next to Fletch, where Fletch is going to be the double team. Mm-hmm. But And this is why I think Josh Sweat's going to have a huge, a huge year. Brandon Graham also is going to attract a lot of attention, mm-hmm. which is going to say, which is kind of a make or break here for Josh Sweat going. You're going to get one on one the entire time. Yep. You beat that guy, you're going to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And last year, man, there were points where you saw Josh Sweat like, wow, this kid's dominant. Yeah. Like there were, it was like I get, I call it like the Braden Coburn syndrome uh, or the, Bra- the Braden Coburn effect where there were times where I would watch a Flyers game where Braden Coburn was like Bobby Orr. Yeah. He controlled the entire ice. I looked at Josh Sweat last year, and I'm just like, wow, this kid can do whatever he wants. And then there were points where, I, where is Josh Sweat? But I, I think you're right where I think now there's going to be enough attention on Fletch. There's going to be enough attention, like you said, from BG where Sweat can really just come in there and get the quietest like 11 sacks. Um, if they can get that bull rush, man, and they're going to have to do that to some of these 
these teams in this schedule. They're going to have to bully the crap out of these teams. And then don't forget Malik Jackson when he was you know in Saxonville. He was a big factor For in sure. the middle. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know. I A lot of promise. For this team, it's kind of scary. I mean, I guess talking about it more, you just kind of get the juices going. Oh, for like, sure. I'm like, I have goosebumps. My knees yeah, shaking. I'm ready to go. Um, so let's just break down the the game on Sunday now. So, um, you know, the Washington football team, I, I was talking to Bob Gertz, and you guys will hear this later because I recorded the interview. I said, you know, we sh- I don't drink a lot, but this Sunday – you know, I people should take a shot every time uh, an announcer accidentally says the, the Redskins, and I don't know how long anyone will last because it's going to happen. But um, you know, this Washington team—they're they're once again hitching their wagon to Dwayne Haskins, um, and uh, other than that, on offense, there's not a whole lot there. Um, You're not worried about scary Terry McLaren? I mean, he he torched the Eagles last year. Um, no, I don't think I'm worried about him because I guess that would be Slay's job on Sunday, right? Or that is. I that, don't know. I don't know if he's following or they're just playing the sides. So, but what I am worried about is that defensive rush coming at Wentz. Um, is there Chase Young? Yeah, and Kerrigan who kills the Eagles. <laughs> um, is there any part of you that obviously we don't? Anything can happen in the NFL. The Dolphins beat the Eagles, but is there any part of you? As we sit here recording this right now, that has an Eagles loss on Sunday. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a fact. Okay. I think I believe the Eagles are one of four teams to start the last five years 1-0. Really? So Doug Peterson gets those boys playing. Yeah, I, I had no idea. What's that stat that you said about Mike Tomlin? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-7-1 and in their last nine openers. Wow, I had no idea. That's really cool. Um, but, yeah, Doug, I mean, week one, Doug gets those guys playing. No, I, I agree. So there's really no, like, it's tough because I was talking to a, to a friend of ours who uh, I was talking this morning, and, of course, I'm the one who's who's always always the, the negative one uh, of, of our group. Agreed. But I'm, for some reason, if you guys can notice by uh, listening to, to the show, uh, lately is my expectations for the Eagles are big. Um, but when I look at this game against Washington, obviously last season in that opener, I didn't expect them to go down. What was it 17 points in the first half? Right. I've watched that game three times now <laughs> over the last like two weeks, uh, just to kind of get a, a, an idea of this team because that offensive is still kind of the same, uh, you know, sans AP, but, um, I just don't, see how the Eagles lose this game. I I just don't I understand how good the Washington defensive line is, Jay, and I, I just feel like the, the Eagles have so many weapons right now in the offensive line like we talked about. Um I, I just I don't know how they don't go one and oh to start this season. I do not know either. Uh it's just, it's just going to be one of those things, man, where you look at the talent on the offensive side of the ball and you question how this team won't score 21 points a game. Right. And the and rule the rule of thumb is when you're playing at home, the rule of thumb is uh, when you're playing at home, you shouldn't allow uh, 17 points. 
17 points is the magic number in terms of giving up. If you okay, if you score more than 17 points and you're at home, your defense should win. And the Eagles right now are six point favorites, correct? Yes. So what do you what do you uh what's your score prediction on that one? Uh, score. <laughs> are we doing score predictions? Yeah. Well, we're, okay. Right now, let's do it now. What is the final score? Week one, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Do you want to start? Okay. All right. So I think. Uh, I think Wentz has a huge day. I really do. I think Zach Ertz catches three touchdowns. All right, dude. I think Ertz proves it's like uh, and and I think Wentz is going to do the whole sign Ertz thing like Bryce Harper did for JT. Really, he's not going to do that. But, <laughs> uh, I'm going to absolutely say that the Eagles win this game big. I'm going to say uh, uh, 28 to 13. Um, so that gives them what a 15 point win. So. They cover and beat the spread there. So can I just ask a question? Just right. I just want to know. It's fine. All right. So Ertz gets. All right. Three. Who gets? Who gets the other touchdown? Uh, Miles Sanders. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just want to know. You know. So the. I think Miles Sanders scores the first touchdown. There you go. Um, That's a prop bet. It is a prop bet, actually. <laughs> on uh, perfect DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving out a minimum ten to one for the first touchdown score this year. Really? Yes. They are. That's a bet that you do, right? You would do that bet. I love. I love touchdown. I like. I love uh, touchdown. If touchdown. I gambled, it would be who scores first. I do. You put a little bit on them, and then you put a bet on them to score any time, and then hockey it's goal scores. Uh, so I'm going. So what's funny is I am going with a. I'm going with a 31 to 14. 31 to 14. That's a big, that's good. That's another three points. So Jake Elliott hits a field goal in this game. Correct. Okay. For those who have him in fantasy, it's good. Yes. I think they, I think they um, fix their first quarter woes. Okay. From recent years. I think they come out. That'll be big. And they come out big. Okay, good. I think Washington scores a garbage time touchdown. To yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, we have Eagles going 1-0. Uh, for the season, our job here was to also give you an out, give everyone an outlook of this, you know, being a season preview, our expectations of, of the Eagles throughout the entire season. Um, where, where do you have the Eagles finishing this season? I have them ten and six. Ten and six. Okay. Um, your losses are against two. Do you have the schedule in front of you? I'm pulling the schedule. If up. you could pull up the schedule, we'll go down one by one right now, and we'll do that because I'm pretty sure <laughs> yesterday I was doing this with my dad. I think I had them at thirteen and three, and I said that can't be right. There's just no way that could be right. All right. So we are one and zero with Washington. Then they play the Roms. Yeah, that's a W. So that's two for me. Then they play. Uh, the Cincinnati Burrows. I feel like it's a trap game, but I'll go three and zero. I'm going three and zero. Then they play the San Francisco 49ers. That's a loss. Probably at least what 49 nothing win. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's at least maybe. I don't know what that spread's gonna be. Probably Niners by what ten? They have it right now at five and a half. Five and a half. Wow. I'm actually all right, really so smart. three. All right, so three and three one. Three and one. Philly and Pittsburgh. Eagles win. Pittsburgh's on a downslide, man. Four and one. Yep. They play Baltimore. L. Four and two. Yep. Giants. Uh, I'm gonna say they beat the Giants. I am. All right, playing Dallas. Uh, win. They're gonna win one. They're gonna lose. One. I I'm think gonna, they're I'm, undefeated in the division this year. All right, so you have them what six and two? 
Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going five and three. They play the Giants again. Win six and three. Mm-hmm. They play the Browns. Baker win. Mania. <laughs> I'm gonna go win seven and three. They play C. They play Seattle. Loss. I take that as a loss. They just can't beat them. They have such a hard time against them. So I have four losses. At least Clowney's not there. Green Bay. Win. Win. Yep. Play the Saints. Is that's in Philly though, right? It'll be in Philly. Mm, win. I think I'm at thirteen and three again. Or let me all right. Let me go back. That's fine. I think they're losing one of the Green Bay New Orleans games. I'm gonna say they. All right. I'm gonna say they lose Green Bay. Okay. I'm gonna say they win Green Bay, lose to to New Orleans. Okay. That's your right. You can't win both. Arizona, loss. I think it. I think that's where. Oh well. Yeah. That's my six. And then Dallas win. I have them winning, and then they end up with Washington win. Win. I have ten six. So I have what twelve and four. Yeah, I think wow, I have twelve dude, and four. You're, you're bouncing all over the charts now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I have a twelve and four. If we um, do, if we do this show tomorrow, they might be zero and sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> if we do this Monday and they lose, they're gonna be three and thirteen. I'm gonna do or this if, over again on Monday. If uh, if the Eagles lose on Sunday, we will be doing our 2021 NFL mock draft <laughs> next week. <laughs> it's gonna be good Monday if they lose, man. It's when's Jalen Hurts coming in? Is it thir- <laughs> is it Thursday yet? <laughs> How dare you? I'm just letting you guys know. I mean, Wentz gets a day. Why can't Jalen Hurts get a I, day? I, that's good stuff. All right, so I have them at 12 and four. I, I can't believe I have them at 12 and four. I really because I feel like they're a 10 win team. I don't know why I have them at 12 and four. Well, you know, you said that the average person has them between six and 10 wins. You're not the average. Guy. I'm definitely not the average Dude, 12, person. 12 and four. Yeah, let's just go with 12 and four. And I'm a very negative person, and I have them at 12 and four. Wait until wait until Sunday when they are go when they go down. Washington will Washington will go up like three nothing or something and be like oh, I'm gonna text Jay. That's oh, it. It's a, it's a five win team. Three and out on the first <laughs> offensive possession. Get is Hurts warming up no, over there. I would never is call Jaylen, for Wentz to get is taken McCown, out. Is McCown coming in is, from Texas yet? He's on a charter flight right now. He's gonna show up by the by the third quarter. Shane Falco comes out at the tunnel at halftime. Chicks dig scars, man. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get to your bets. Ooh. And then we're gonna get to our bold predictions. Okay. So I had a few of those on Twitter and then I had to instantly delete them. Because I, I got I, I got you. this what's going on, Frankie? And then I uh, got this text from Jay. Delete that tweet immediately. I'm like, whoa, what the did I say something wrong? He goes, No, you can't give away free stuff yeah, on no Twitter. Twitter, so um, Jay's going to give his bets, and then we're going to go into bold predictions, and then we're going to uh, we're going to hop on out of here um, and get ready for Eagles football. So, all right, Jay, what are your your three locks for for this weekend's uh, NFL Week One of the NFL season? All right, hold on, I'm sorry, my. If you guys in the in the uh, I'm on Instagram live. If you guys have any questions at all, just put them in here now. We can get to them at the end of the show. Yeah, if you guys have any gambling questions, let me know. Go ahead. All right. Frankie's on here for the bets, by the way. I'm sure. Frankie? <laughs> Frankie from work. Your work. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. So my first – all right. So my favorite, I think that's going to win. If, you have, if you're in survivor pools, a lot of people are. I'm mm-hmm. in one. Um, I'm looking to the Indianapolis Colts this week. Uh, they are minus eight. Jacksonville, obviously, um, doing the fire sale. Just throwing that one out there, and turn and for anybody doing a suicide pool, I think that's a good, it's a good, interesting uh, team to look at. You know, you're not really going to be looking at the Colts a lot this year in terms of every week saying I want to bet that team, I want to bet that team. So I mm-hmm. think you can get the Colts and take them out right there. All right, 
So, my favorite of the week. This is tough. There's, <laughs> it's tough. Week one, you don't really, you don't really know. No training camp. Yeah, nothing, you don't really man. Know everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm taking. You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna take the Colts minus eight. Take the, oh wow! I'm gonna take the Colts minus eight. That's a good one. I like it. Um, my over or I'm sorry, my underdog that I think's going to win outright. Carolina Panthers. Wow. Over the Raiders. I agree with that one. West Coast team coming east. Carolina. They have my favorite, one of my favorite quarterbacks. Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, under center. You I love Teddy I, D. I, dude, I've loved him since he was Mayor Teddy at University of Louisville, <laughs> even though he had a horrible coach in Charlie Strong. And Charlie Strong <laughs> has had a phenomenal, and when I mean phenomenal, I mean awful college coaching career. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, my over-under that I like, I am going with the Sunday night thriller, Dallas uh, L.A. Rams over 51 and a half. Wow, that's good. All right. And I think if you want another one, a little bonus pick, mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans and the, uh, I think they're calling them the Tom, Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa, Gron- Tom, yeah. Tampa Bay Gronkineers, I think they're calling them now. So uh, <laughs> It's got to be a t-shirt. Yeah, so I'm going with those as my bets. Uh, and under, if you like it, my buddy does it all the time. Jets, Bills, under. Hmm. That's going to be an awful If game. anybody out there is listening to this podcast and is willing to track my bets for this year, that would be greatly appreciative for the show. <laughs> and we can just see how well or how horrible I'm doing. Chances are I'm going to be betting these no matter what. I could see Dan and uh, Dougie from Enterprise Sports tracking all your bets, especially Doug. I can especially, see him. Especially if they're all losers. And I have <laughs> to say, say, I'm, say I'm 2-14. and 14, I'm going for the number one pick next year. I'm going <laughs> I'm to love it. We have a, a question here, and before we get through our bowl predictions, the question it's not is: <laughs> It's not. Uh, if Deshaun stays healthy this year, what is the ceiling for Jalen Rager? Ooh. So, I think what was Vegas had six hundred six hundred yards. If Deshaun, I think regardless of Deshaun's healthy or not, I think Jalen Rager is going to be over six hundred. Period. As long as he's health, I mean everything relies on health, man. But I really. think think Jalen Rager is going to shock a lot of people. I really do. Um, I know I wasn't happy with the pick, but that's only because of who was still there. I still like Rager a lot. You're a Justin Jefferson guy. I was a C.D. Lamb guy dropping at well, the C. 18. Well, C.D. Lamb went for Yeah, I, had... I, I like Jefferson. I like Brandon Ayuk. So, yeah. But other than that, what, what's your expectations on that? I can see... Middle of the season, towards the end of the season, Jalen Rager taking over for Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see I can see Jalen Rager over 600 receiving yards. I don't think he – if Deshaun stays healthy, I think he gets in that maybe 650 to 700. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot considering the Eagles didn't have a receiver last year over 500 yards. Nope. Um, so I think he can get to that just because I think the dynamics. I think he'll – I think he'll do a little bit more damage in the early on. He'll do a little more damage in the return game. Okay. Now I yeah I'm, um so to answer your question, I, I think the ceiling is, I mean as high as it can be right now. I mean I don't think he uh, I, I think the ceiling is is high, is higher regardless for Rager. I think he's going to work very well in this offense. Um, well, and that's a thing too. I mean other years you would have saw a preseason where you can go okay these are the strides. You're not really seeing any scrimmages going on in practice. I mean, the first image I've seen of Jalen Rager in scrimmage was him t- catching a punt today. Right. 
Right. And uh, I, yeah, and that was obviously probably the only thing I believe he did. I think he was limited today. I know Lane was limited and Miles was limited. Right. I but. can see I can see Rager sitting out this week, coming back next week. I don't I can't see there's no chance that Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders both don't actually play this week. I agree. So here we go. Final part of the show. We're gonna get out of here. I have some bold predictions for this for this season. Ready. Here we go. Number one, Carson Wentz will be a finalist for the MVP. Top three, top five. Top three. Ooh, okay. Yep. Uh, Brandon Graham will have ten and a half sacks. Okay. Darius Slay will have two pick sixes. Ooh, okay. Uh, D Jack will have three touchdowns of fifty plus yards. Um, so that means he'll play a full at least half of a season. Well, that's already one hundred and fifty receiving yards minimum right I there. Know, so you're almost I, there at five hundred. I know. Uh, Miles Sanders will have 1,500 all-purpose yards. Um, and uh, Jalen Rager will have over six touchdowns. Okay. Are so, you ready for my bold predictions? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> They're all going to be a joke. No, okay. Because no, no, usually actually, he likes, I'm being, no, he likes I'm being, to go against I'm me. I'm being serious. <laughs> no, no. I'm going I, – I like those. I'm going to try to aim for different players. Okay. Obviously, early in the show, I said Josh Sweat's going to lead the Eagles in sacks. It's big. I think – Jalen Mills comes up with a four-pick season. Wow, that's huge. I think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside grabs at least minimum five touchdowns. Wow. That's great. (laughs) I think Jalen Hurts scores at least two touchdowns this year on a gimmick gimmick place. On gimmick place? I think he comes in. I think... I don't know. There are there are things telling me that he's this man squats about six hundred and fifty. Yeah, he's a machine. I, I think he said. I think he was breaking powerlifting records while he was in college. I can it, call me crazy. I, I know he's your backup quarterback, but realistically, he could be your third string quarterback. I could see him getting a handoff. Can I can I add one or one of the Cam Newton type of um um or one of those direct snaps? Him and Wentz are both in the backfield. Direct snap to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts takes it right up the middle. I also think, and I I didn't add this, but I wanted to. Um, I think Carson Wentz receives a touchdown. At the hands of Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, a little Philly special, but not exactly. I just, I just think, <laughs> I just think that they are going to incorporate Jalen Hurts because nobody. I mean, people are probably thinking of it, but mm-hmm. the man can throw, the man can run, and the man is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, Hurts and Goddard do their usual business. I think Deshaun. Misses two games, mm-hmm. but other than that, all right. That is our. Do you see him winning the division? Well, you I have. Do. Him, well, you have him winning the Super <laughs> Bowl. Apparently, him, I have them apparently getting home field advantage. <laughs> as I mean, there is no advantage, but I have them apparently playing at the link for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they don't have to. They don't have to worry about getting, traveling and getting COVID because yeah. COVID will come to them. That's. <laughs> it's true. Uh, oh, uh, question. Go ahead. And this is. Probably a no, but might as well just ask it. <laughs> if and I'm going to say if Eagles NFC Championship game in Philly, mm-hmm. as you kind of your records are saying, and this, no, no, this isn't this isn't making money. Mm-hmm. Are there fans 
in the stands. So that's going to be after the new It'll year. It'll be January. I Will say yes. Be, would there be fans in the stands? I think that's a solid question. I think it's a great question, actually. Um, yeah, I think yes. Maybe not 70,000, but 25. Or do you think the NFL's already planning to do um, bubbles? Because where's the Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Great question, actually. I don't know. I haven't even thought about the Super Bowl this year. Um, man, I think there might be a bubble in the playoffs. That would be smart, right? I mean, unless everything goes well now, why change it if it all goes well? Right. Um, but, no, I just realistic. I mean, a realistic question. Come playoff time, because you'll get in the January. Will there be I think the NFL there? will f- push for cities to have fans. Okay. I really do. I think... Cleveland and Cincinnati are allowed to have two games with a certain amount of fans or something. And like Kansas that. City too, right? There will be fans at the game tomorrow night. Right. Right? So um My favorite my favorite thing about the whole thing is college football. Um the Big Ten's not playing. Mm-hmm. Indiana will not be playing a football season. Yet Notre Dame is allowed twenty five percent capacity in his stadium. <laughs> they are both located in Indiana. I know. It's so funny. This is this is what we love. Someone's got deep pockets. That's right. Um, no, <laughs> Oklahoma's playing a pay-per-view game. That's funny. Uh, and commentated by Jim Ross. And apparently, no, apparently it sells. Oh my gosh. They make a ton, it's like $49.95. My gosh. Um, we'll get into the Zach Ertz thing another time because that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah. Um, we don't he, have time for he's that. Play, he's playing Sunday. He's playing. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. What he's doing next year, we don't know. It's um, the road to the Super Bowl, according to my colleague, Christy Francesco. <laughs> I don't Sunday, Sunday. Uh, what, uh, what game? Will this be the one that they start the DVD with? This will be the game. Okay. Because I think this is, a, like I said, I think this is a game where I think Deshaun and uh, Rager, no, he's not playing. But I do think Ertz catches three, and well, Myers catch My, uh, Miles will catch the other one. You ready for a bold prediction? Sure. First play, flea flicker to Deshaun. Yeah, that's a good bet. If it was if Rager was playing, I'd say Rager. Flea flicker to that's Deshaun. Flea flicker to Floyd, and Deshaun just goes in for the end zone, puts puts the ball on the ground, and flexes his muscle like Terrell Owens did in two thousand five. <laughs> I would, I would <laughs> I just, love. I don't know if it's going to score a touchdown, but I could see a flea flicker. I miss, I miss the Andy Reid days when that opening. You knew what was coming. The opening every kick. time. <laughs> I'll never forget when he did the onside kick opening day. <laughs> oh, so great! Um, all right, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for for checking us out. We are ready for another, you know, fun NFL season. I mean, we just cannot wait. Uh, to get things started. Uh, at the end here, you guys are going to hear my conversation with Delco Times' Bob Groats as we break down uh, the Eagles' NFL, upcoming NFL season. So I hope you guys enjoy that as well. You guys can find us on uh, social media. Just type in our names. You'll find us. We're right there. Um, so thank you guys so much for, for listening and, and, and getting on this ride. And we are very much excited for hopefully – not just talking about the Eagles, but, you know, the Phillies are primed for a playoff spot right now. I think they're the fifth spot in the NL. So, you know, they're they're primed for a possible playoff run. Uh, so a lot of good things seem to be finally coming back into play after a, a very difficult summer. Um, just can't believe it's already September. Um, so just wake me up when September ends. Um, uh, do you, I Hopefully we will all be able to remember the 21st night of September. What's September 21st? Well, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> you went Green Day. I know. That's right. I love, 
I love, that was good. That was very quick. The wit of Jay is just unmatched. I love it. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, so it's also good to have Jay back. Thank you guys so much. This is Face Off with Chris. I am Chris E. Francesco. That is Jason Miller. And we will catch you guys down the road. And go Birds. Go. All right. Join me this week here on Face Off with Chris. We're going to talk some Eagles football with a good friend of mine who's been actually doing my podcast now for years. Um, is from Adelco Times, Mr. Bob Gertz. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, now, Bob, since we've been doing this whole pandemic thing, I've been asking guests of mine if they found any new hobbies or anything like that while they've got all this extended time at home over the last five months. Well, I don't know if I call it a hobby. Overeating. <laughs> yeah, hobby. I guess uh, I've done it before. Yeah, over <laughs> overeating and, um, and also driving around and not getting out of the car. That sounds like something I did for the past yeah, few I, months. It, it's really, I, I thought it'd be over by now, Chris. I went back in uh, March, mm-hmm. January, February, March. I thought that was the worst of it. So, uh, you know, for it to still be going on like it is and uh, impact in so many sports, our, our uh, local Delaware County, Philadelphia area, most of the sports have been wiped out. So uh, some people have are trudging on, but uh, mm-hmm. I never thought it would, this would happen. No, I agree. I remember when it first hit and things were starting to close up, I thought, man, this will be a month. We'll be back to normal, maybe by June. And I never in any world thought it was going to get to the point of where we are now. Um, it's just wild. Well, and, you know, just the just the idea that the end, I, I didn't. So I, I thought everything would be settled by now. I mm-hmm. thought back in uh, February, March, I thought oh, this will be over by the start of the NFL season. Uh, less than a month ago, I thought there was no way the NFL season would start on time. And uh, and I was wondering if it would start at all because baseball had all those outbreaks and uh, and I'm thinking outdoor, you know, event and that type of thing. But uh, the NFL's done a great job with their, uh, their uh, COVID protocol. And uh, of course, they haven't traveled until now. And, uh, and also, They've been in uh, the Eagles specifically. They've been in mostly a team hotel mm-hmm. through through all of training camp. They had to be tested every day. So you, when you're tested every day, you you're more accountable. That's what that's what some of the players have been saying. You you know it's like you don't you you don't want to. I mean they know right away if you've been let's say bad or whatever. You know <laughs> if you went out and and uh, to a place you weren't supposed to be and got together with with too many people without a mask, they, they can just, they can tell right away by those daily COVID tests. Cause you'll, you know, if you've been around the, the wrong, you know, people that aren't tested daily, like you are, there's mm-hmm. a chance of getting it. So, but now they're around family, they're around friends mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be other players, but they've been tested daily. And in some cases, fans at, at various stadiums. So that's going to be, this is the acid test right now. Um, Will they, you know, will they be able to keep, I think the, the infection rate is less than 1%, yep. which is amazing. I think it's like 0. 0.5 or 0. 0. 0.6 or something like that, which mm-hmm. is amazing. But, uh, you know, can they, can they keep doing that? They will keep doing the daily testing. The NFL and the NFL Players Association agreed to do that. And that was a good idea because initially the, the document that they drafted, the agreement with the, uh, with the union and the NFL was that, if the co- if the rate of infection was below 5%, mm-hmm. 
it would be testing every other day. But so I think this this everyday testing works. The, the problem now is, or not the problem, but the issue could be, yeah, you're getting tested every day. Um, you've been compliant and everything, but now you're getting around people, family, friends, you know, you go to the store or something and they haven't been tested daily. You're not in that bubble anymore. So if there's going to be outbreaks, it's going to happen in, in the month of September, I think. You, you'll you'll see it. And you kind of touched upon what I wanted to ask you first is, you know, you, you had the outbreaks in baseball and we're still kind of seeing positive tests here and there that are causing games to get postponed. And, you know, there's no bubble in baseball, but it, it worked or it has worked extremely well with the NHL. But, you know, now you're getting into football, Bob, which is the ultimate contact sport. And there's traveling, you know, you know, just in the first few weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go to San Francisco. They're going to go, go to Cali. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still surprised. And I spoke to Kevin Cooney a couple of weeks ago. He thought there wasn't going to be a start of the NFL season, but now we're here. Um, are you worried now more so, okay, we got the season started. Are, are you yourself worried maybe we're not going to get a full 16-game schedule? Well, I, I still wonder about it. I'm still skeptical, but you know me, I'm, I'm Mr. Skeptic. But, uh, but I, you know, they've, uh, they've really worked hard. And um, at least with the Eagles, I'm pretty sure of this. They, the, the veterans, they're making the younger guys accountable. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, been all, it's been all business so far. So I don't know why they, they couldn't keep doing this. Um, as far as, uh, you know, when the season will end, we know it has to end before the end of February. Um, but could they, could they lose some games? Yeah. Because of an outbreak that could happen. And that's, that's really, I mean, I don't want to see people get sick, but I, I really want to see what happens when, when, or if there is a, an outbreak, I want to see what the NFL does because they've had sure. some pretty good plans. No, I agree. Now, to get to, to the Eagles here, I'm not sure – I'm sure you heard about the Jeff McClain story that came out this morning. It was all over the radio all day. Um, I didn't hear it was brought up to Doug Peterson today, but are you privy to, to anything that has been said regarding from what you've heard, I guess, um, of the tension that's been building between Doug Peterson and the upper management? Is that something that you believe or, you know – not everyone in business is going to agree all the time. Um, do you maybe put some truth to the fact that there's a problem with ownership and Doug Peterson? Do you think there's factions forming within the team? Um, you know, we've seen this before back in 04 with the Eagles where locker rooms were split and, and you know, stuff like that. Um, are you worried at all how about, you know, this story coming out and how it can affect the team? No, I, I mean, it, it's interesting, though. I, I'm sure there is tension. I mean mm – -hmm. You have to be realistic about this. It's the way I look at it. I mean, Doug Peterson said that Mike Grove would be back the day a day or two after the season ended. Mm -hmm. And then one or two days later, he got fired. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, right there, I mean, if Doug Peterson isn't upset about that, I don't know. You know I mean, how can you how can you deal with that? Mm -hmm. He looked like a buffoon by with that, you know. And I'm, I can't blame that on PR. I mean, upper management, they – you know what i don't know what what they were doing but you know it, it's kind of like i don't think they did that on purpose but they made him look really bad yes and there have been things like that and <clears throat> it's no it's no secret either that they um maybe i'm being a little harsh but they i don't think they really respect his player evaluations they think he's a coach and he's not a player evaluator um mm -hmm. and 
there's one there's another thing too that uh, that would give some validity to to the tension thing the uh the eagles had a had a gm last year and uh he's now the the uh the head uh i mean he's the general manager of um the cleveland browns andrew and i now i can't remember his last name for whatever it'll come to me but but uh this guy was was huge analytics and the 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 different you know the eagles game plan and stuff um really kind of changed and and uh well i mean i can't uh it's hard for me to say it changed but it seemed like the the plays were and i don't you know i wouldn't blame this on grow or doug but it seemed like the plays were more statistical that type of thing you know mm -hmm. like uh like it was like this is what you do in this situation it was more it, w it was almost like um in in baseball where you manage by analytics you know by mm -hmm. who who's up that that it kind of it took on the game plan took on an analytics tone uh for sure especially on um special on, on specific downs like the fourth down i i don't know how much of the i mean i think uh, i think doug peterson I, I think he's upset with that type of interference you know all the the analysis and stuff and uh because he he loves to he has always loved to call plays, and oh the guy's name is Andrew Barry. Barry, okay, yeah. Andrew he, Barry. He went over there, and apparently he he's an analytics genius and Ivy uh, League degree and everything. So so anyway, Chris he goes to Cleveland, and there's a big story there, and uh, it's by a respected writer about the new coach um, uh, Kevin. <laughs> I'm bad with this name. The guy used to <laughs> Stefanski, um, mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski, the new coach, has to submit his game plan to Andrew Barry and the analytics people. Wow! By Friday of that week. Now, and, and I'm and I'm like I'm being Mr. I'm being Columbo here. I wonder if Doug had to do the same thing. Mm. Did he have to? And I wouldn't be surprised if he did, because what else did and no one really knew what he did when he was with the Eagles. You could ask anybody in that organization. They didn't know what he did. So now you've got to think that if that's the case, there's going to be tension. Can you imagine this game plan? All your, all the experiences you've had, all the experiences your coaches have had, the film study you've done. You, you sub, you have to submit your game plan to analytics people. You know, mm -hmm. and and it could, and I'm sure I, I think it did influence it. I'd have a hard time proving it. So. You know, tension. Yeah, I, I would think there is. And then, um, and that the other thing I was talking about too, when he when the the fired the coaching staff and they they brought in these other guys and they're they're trying the the San Francisco uh, play calling method. Uh, I, I think there is tension. Um, and there's one other thing in here, and I, I didn't read the McLean story, but mm -hmm. I've heard about it. But um, I don't know how much he mentioned Jim Schwartz in that. But Schwartz, we have to remember Jim Schwartz. The defensive coordinator was hired before Doug was, mm -hmm. and um, and to the you know there there's always going to be people that think that he was the one who really wanted the job, but he wasn't sure at the time, or, or he wanted he wasn't sure at the time, but he after that he wanted the job, the mm -hmm. head coaching job. So th I think there's at least a healthy type of uh, competitiveness right there, and um, you know and as Schwartz, um, you know some of the the cuts that they made recently. Um, and, and uh, the blame that's going out for who made the picks and stuff. And uh, I, I've seen people blame Schwartz, but, uh, you know, um, the, the cuts, Sidney Jones, I mean, Schwartz hated the guy. Yeah. He just 
he did not like him a little bit. And I think it was because he wouldn't play hurt. Um, and then Rasul Douglas, uh, that that's all he had to play Rasul because that's all he had. So yeah. they've really upgraded the, the secondary this year. They spent some money. So uh, there's, I think there's at least a, a creative tension there between Doug and, and Jim Schwartz. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, Doug has had, what is it? He's been to the playoffs, you know, three straight years. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good. That has been done for a while. You'd have to go back to Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh, he's got a he's got a the best winning percentage right now of any Eagles head coach. You know, it's a limited type mm-hmm. of sample, but uh, and he won a Super Bowl. So, but you know, there's a part of me that just thinks that that's not a, a as appreciated as it should be. You know, and and oh by the way, if something does happen and and Doug is, you know, finessed out the door. Your next head coach is Deuce Staley. They love him. Mm-hmm. Now, and I was what I was actually going to ask you is it's so hard to even bring this up because it's it's I can't fathom thinking about this. Let's just say the Eagles have a, a a rough season, right? Maybe like another eight and eight, nine and seven. Maybe they they miss the playoffs, or maybe they get to the first round again and lose. Is there a chance in your mind, based off what you just said, logistically, that we could see Doug Peterson on the chopping block? Yeah, I. I think it would still be you're right at the the edge of whether he would be or not. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, based on that stuff I said, um, if they have a losing season, yeah. you know, there there could be some problems there. And uh, you could see you could see the, the them you know clean. Maybe Schwartz could be gone too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I you know I've always thought that um, you know I kind of like Schwartz as uh, just the way he approaches the game. He, he's pretty. He's real cool. He's cool, calm, and collected. But, man, how, how can you forget that he gave up 505 passing yards in the Super Bowl? Yes. I mean, <laughs> if it hadn't have been for that one play Brandon Graham made, you know, well, two plays. Mm-hmm. He had the strip sack of Brady, and uh, Derek Barnett um, recovered it. If it hadn't have been for that, they, they would have lost that game. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, 505 passing yards in the Super Bowl, and they couldn't get a stop in the second half except for the fumble. Right. So, I mean, I you know, he's been kind of getting by on his looks for a while. So, um, <laughs> I think it, I think there's a possibility they could clean house. Wow. Now, speaking of this year's team, you know, Sunday we have the Washington football team. That they <laughs> yeah, that's going to be imagine, a hard one to remember. Imagine 2020 where a team doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a guy from Washington about that, uh, really plugged in talk show host. And he thinks it's because of uh, all the patent stuff that they'd have to go through to change it. And the mm-hmm. names that they like or have been protected already. And he said, really, the process takes like uh, a year and a half to two years. So mm-hmm. I hope we don't have to wait too long to keep, and we have to keep calling in the, the football team that long. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, a, but, I'm... <laughs> that's I'm a, a franchise. With I, a lot of problems. Oh, I know. Man. I mean, I don't, I don't drink, but imagine on Sunday taking a shot every time an announcer says the Redskins by accident. Oh, <laughs> man. Meryl Reese talked about putting $5 in a, in a hat every time you said that. I'd be about $50 in the hole right now. <laughs> uh, so the, the Eagles kick things off on Sunday, Bob. And, you know, you have most national pundits going between seven to ten wins. It's a pretty large margin. Now you're talking about a losing season or possibly winning the division and, and getting a home game in the playoffs. So um, where are you on this Eagles team as, as we get ready to kick things off? Well, th- this is weird because uh, 
they used to be the gold standard of the NFL with the offensive line. And now, you know, for, and you know, I I don't have this pinned down yet, Chris, but I think this is, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm I'm still trying to, to confirm it, but Lane Johnson had ankle surgery after last year. I think he needs more ankle surgery. Wow. So he and, and so you're talking about three of the best players in that line that are, are well, and, and Dillard's not one of them, but <laughs> Brooks, Lane Johnson, and um, well, JP is back at left tackle. So two, I mean, two of the best players on that line are gone, yeah. and um, and you lost a little bit of depth. So. Yeah, and you look at Washington and um, that defensive they, line, man. Yeah, they got like <laughs> ten guys, eleven guys. I heard Ron Rivera talking like he likes this uh, rookie James Williams or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, really great pass rush. So I think the Eagles are going to try and, and uh, bully him a little bit, wear him down, especially Chase Young. They're going to run right at him. Right. The uh, the right defensive end to try and wear him down a little bit, but. I mean, you, you could get a quarterback hurt, you know, even a big guy like Wentz. And if that happens, even if it's a nagging thing, I mean, you're in trouble. He's already got tightness in, in the groin. So, and, uh, but, um, you know, what, this is, uh, so I, I could see them, I could see a losing season here. You know, I, I don't think, uh, I think as optimistic as I could be right now would be nine wins. And uh, based on all the injuries and I, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that because I really like their skills, guys. Um, Rager has mm-hmm. looked fantastic, and I think he's going to be good. The question is, he's not a, not a big guy. The question is whether he can he's going to be able to take these hits. Yeah. John Hightower, the fifth-round pick out of Boise State, he's uh, 6'1", 6'2", 190. He looks great. And wow, um, good. uses his body. He looks like a Alshon Jeffrey with speed. And um, J.J. Arcega-White. Arthega Whiteside, he has had a sensational camp. He's a he's a different guy. I haven't seen him drop anything the whole camp. And uh, so you've got you've got those guys right there. And that that's that would be three more. And and Deshaun is healthy. That would right. be three more guys than four more guys than you had last year. And the the two tight ends, yeah. you got to get them the ball. And Miles Sanders, he he's got to get a lot of touches. And he catches the ball well. It's going to be you know hard to it's going to be a chore figuring out a challenge, figuring out who, to, who gets the ball when. So, uh, but the offensive line, which has been, they've been the gold standard. Now they they got some big issues there. Yeah. I mean, who, if Lane Johnson, if he can't keep playing on that ankle, Jordan Mailata would be the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, could you imagine a right side of the line with Jordan Mailata and, and Matt Pryor? No. I mean, that, that would be hard. That'll so, keep me up. All yeah. Night. So anyway, I, I, I can see that. I can see that wide variation. And uh, and I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I don't think they have much of a defense. No, so I, I agree. We'll figure um, that out. Yeah, for sure. We're talking to Bob Gertz here from the Delco Times. Now, last two questions for you, Bob, and we appreciate all this time that you've given me. Um, so where are you in the Carson Wentz camp? You know, it we, it's become – and it seems it's always happens in, in Philadelphia. You're either – on the side of Donovan McNabb or you're not. You're either on Carson Wentz or you're not. So it's there's no gray area with, with you know, the quarterbacks, unless you're Nick Foles. There's no gray area with the starting quarterbacks in Philadelphia. Um, where, where are you on Wentz? Do you still believe he is the man? Um, you know, stats besides, you know, playoff wins show that he's a top five statistical quarterback. Um, where are you at in the Carson Wentz dilemma? 
Yeah, it, it, it's all that is an excellent question, and, and you you really nailed it with uh, the way you you framed it. Um, I I think he's the guy. Um, having said that, I I also believe that they're going to have a package of plays for uh, Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. in the first game. Wow. I think he's going to be in there. I think they're going to activate two guys. Well, possibly three. Sudfeld. Yeah, you know what? They may only activate two guys, but but mm-hmm. Hertz is, I think, is going to be active, and I think Jalen Hurts, the uh, the rookie out of Oklahoma, I think they're going to have a package of plays for him. So, and if they do, he's going to look great against the Redskins because the offensive line they got some holes there. He can use his mobility. It would be like a read option type of, of attack, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, the Nick Foles thing, only maybe with a few more runs. The Eagles have that read option. They have that zone option, whatever you want to call it. They've had that in the playbook. And uh, it would not be hard at all for him to dial it. That's what he's real comfortable with. So I I could see that happening. Change the pace, maybe get hot with it. But uh, so so that's a weird dynamic. I think Wentz is the guy. But I also think you're going to see Hertz play too. And uh, I don't know. I still don't know how the big guy is going to deal with that 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 has to because that's going to have to be weird you know mm-hmm. like one series hertz comes out so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do my uh my last question here i don't want to end it on a negative i mean it could be a positive uh but it, it, it might be a negative in my head now hear me out here and the big issue is whether or not this team has future plans for zach Ertz. now you, you know you Kelsey just signed a huge deal. George Kittle signed a huge deal. They are far and away clear-cut 1A, 1B in the NFL. And over the last six or seven years, Zach Ertz has more catches than all of them. And, uh, you know, he's 29 years old. He's got two years left of his deal. Um, It's dang sure not going to get to that point. Um, So my, my thesis here, Bob, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, I I just don't see a scenario where after this season, if he's not signed, how he's a Philadelphia Eagle by training camp of next season. Because if you look at the end of the two years coming up, and you know the history of the Eagles, they're not going to pay top dollar to a then 32-year-old tight end with a 27-year-old and Dallas Goddard on the roster. Um, you're, what do you – foresee I guess foreshadow what you expect the Eagles to do with Zach Ertz I've been thinking about that a lot too that probably a trade if if they can't come to an agreement with him probably a trade and um they um they did they made another offer to him it, it depends on on what you believe it, mm-hmm. it, it was supposed to be it, it was supposed to be better than the old offer that they made before the end of last season but less guaranteed money and it was more backloaded with Backloaded meaning that's money that they'll never end up paying him. No. So, but um, he's not going to he's not going to take a hometown discount. I mean, and that and I wouldn't if I was him. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, he looks sensational in training camp. I mean, he he's just been unconscious, um, running routes and everything. I've, I've been really impressed with him. He's not going to take a hometown discount. Somebody's going to pay him. And uh, and if it's not going to be the Eagles, and he's going to get a deal, and I think he's going to get more than than Kelsey if he gets mm. on the open market. So, um, so I, I think you're right. I, if he's if he's not signed before the end of this year, and right now it doesn't look real good to me. 
if mm-hmm. he's not signed before the end of this year, they're going to they're gonna trade him. Yeah, I agree. Um, you guys can follow Bob on Twitter, at Bob Groats. Um, Bob, what, you got anything coming up here? Um, you going to be on the radio anytime soon? What's going on? Uh, I've been doing the Merrill Reese show on um, Tuesday at 6 o'clock on uh, WBCB, 1490 AM. Mm-hmm. 1490 AM, <laughs> WBCB. Yeah. I love it. And, I love and it. Merrill, <clears throat> Merrill is the best interviewer in the world. I mean, he could have been one of us, you know, like uh, he, he asked questions and I'm like, wow, how do you remember that? Well, you know, he's been around a long time. So. Yeah. But uh, he, but uh, yeah, that, that's about yeah, that that's the, the main thing going. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, oh, and great questions, Chris. Thanks, and, man. Um, yeah, always a pleasure. It. Yeah, always I hope that I hope to talk to you more during the season. So I'll, I'll definitely be in touch. OK. All right. All right. We'll catch you around. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks. All, All right. right.